Welcome to Public Health Out Loud, Public Health for the Public. My name is Dr. Philip Chan from the Rhode Island Department of Health. Today, we are talking about the importance of oral health, and in particular, a group called the Rhode Island Oral Health Foundation. Every year, they organize a two-day free dental clinic called the Rhode Island Mission of Mercy. This event provides free dental care to the uninsured, underinsured, or anyone who cannot access dental care. Our guests today have a long history working in oral health and also volunteering their time with the Rhode Island Mission of Mercy. Dr. Samuel Zetzgrenbaum and Dr. Jeff Dodge, thank you so much for joining us. Great to be here. Appreciate the opportunity. So Dr. Z, I've uh, known you for many years here uh, at the Rhode Island Department of Health, but briefly uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. You bet. I am the dental director in both the oral health program here at the Department of Health and at the Medicaid program. And basically, I provide dental guidance for a lot of the innovative programs we have, whether it's support of community water fluoridation, school sealant programs, and then at the Medicaid program, you know, providing guidance on some proposals to help improve access to care. Dr. Z is our state dentist. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. And Dr. Dodge, I am meeting you for the first time, but welcome. Thank you for joining us and introduce yourself. Thank you, Dr. Chen. Again, I appreciate the opportunity to join you. Um, I'm a, uh, a general dentist. I've been practicing here in Rhode Island for uh, slightly over 35 years. I maintain a private practice in uh, Woonsocket, and uh, I've served on numerous work groups for the State Department of Health, for the Rhode Island Dental Association, past president of the Rhode Island Dental Association, and I serve uh, uh, various capacities there and various groups. I work with the long-term care coordinated council uh, a little bit at the present time. Uh, one of the other things I do in my spare time is I work with the, the CareLink organization, and we specifically, I go to nursing homes and provide some, some care to the uh, uh, residents at the nursing homes. And, and so I keep myself active and, and busy in the dental field. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you. And thank you again so much for joining us. Let's start off by talking about the basics. We're talking today about oral health. Dr. Dodge, when we talk about oral health, what do we mean by that? And give us a kind of an overview about why it's important. I think when we talk about oral health, we speak of people think immediately, oh, you know, my teeth are good. I brush my teeth. My teeth are white. I think part of the the whole idea behind oral health is is probably a little more of a global definition for myself, and it's it's just the health of the teeth and keeping the teeth in place as long as we can, which requires us to take care of the teeth, try to maintain them in a cavity free state, and also try to maintain the supporting structures, you know, the bone that holds the teeth in place. And by doing these things and keeping the mouth disease free, that helps us to also maintain. Uh, uh, an overall body that's that's disease free. I'll add, interesting, I was at the World Health Organization meeting last year where they came up with a new definition of oral health. So the old definition was basically based on not having disease, not having cancer, not having tooth loss. But the new definition, and I'm going to actually sort of read this because I really think it's profound. Oral health is the state of the mouth, teeth, and orofacial structures that enables individuals to perform essential functions such as eating, breathing, and speaking and encompasses psychosocial dimensions such as self-confidence, 
well-being, and the ability to socialize and work without pain, discomfort, and embarrassment. And I really like that because it's beyond just saying, oh, you don't have cavities, but you're using your mouth to you know, talk to people, to love people, to be with friends. So it's, I think, and again, we talk a lot about, oh, it does impact other areas of our body, but it's also just integral to our quality of life. And let me ask this. I mean, I know that there's some recommendation guidelines out there and, but just to make sure we're on the same page, when we talk about flossing and brushing and just even going to the dentist, how often should the average person brush? How often should they floss? Is it every day? And how often should they go to the dentist and get a check? Yeah, no, I would say, well, an instructor in dental school once said to me, brush as many times a day as you want for good, fresh breath. But once a day, do a really good job to remove your plaque because plaque takes 24 hours to form. So if you brush really well, and whether it's floss or my dad doesn't like to use floss, so he uses these little go-betweens somehow to get between your teeth. If you do that once a day, a really good job. And then as far as going to the dentist, the frequency really depends on your risk. So if you're somebody who doesn't get cavities frequently, your gums are healthy, going once a year is absolutely fine. But if you're somebody who's on a lot of medications, you know, maybe you have history of tobacco use and gum disease, then you really should go two times, maybe even four times a year. And I guess the other thing I'll add is you're right, going to the dentist or dental hygienist and your hygiene matter, but other things are really critical to your oral health. Your diet is really important. Having a diet that's low in sugars, having a diet that has uh, good vitamins and minerals, behaviors, use of tobacco, alcohol, and substances can impact oral health, medical comorbidities. So people who have diabetes are at greater risk of gum disease and people who take medications that can dry their mouth out, then they're also at greater risk for uh, dental disease. So all those things make a difference. The last one I'll say is access to fluoridated water. So we're fortunate in Rhode Island that 85% of Rhode Islanders have access to fluoridated water. They need to drink it instead of soda, but that makes a difference also for oral health, just enjoying our delicious and healthy fluoridated water. Now, Dr. Z, let me ask you a question. Then Dr. Dodge, I want to ask you something as well, but Dr. Z, I drink filtered water and I'm guessing, and my kids drink filtered water because we have filtered water in the house. I'm guessing that it probably filters out the fluoride is that a problem for me? Is it a problem for my kids? I, I, so the no. good news is, no, it actually does not filter out the fluoride. So, and I know, I think you're in Northern Rhode Island. Northern Rhode Island does a wonderful job of fluoridation. So you're, you and your kids are getting it. But if somebody lives in South County that does not have fluoride, they can, for their kids, get talk to their dentist or even physician about fluoride supplementation. Remember when I was a kid, I used to get the little duck things and yeah. uh, get the fluoride. So my kids yeah. haven't had that yet, but uh, apparently they don't do that anymore. No, no, they do varnish. So fluoride varnish is painted on the teeth for kids, especially kids at high risk. And that does a great job as well. Or even adults at high risk can get fluoride varnish. So Dr. Dodge, let me ask you this. So I'm an adult infectious disease doc. And even in my field, right, in infectious diseases, I see some pretty significant complications of 
bad oral health. I can, you know, heart infections, endocarditis, uh, we definitely see from bad oral sure. hygiene to the bacteria can go to the heart. Um, but in your career, I mean, for people that don't have bad oral health, what are some of the more severe things that you occasionally see because of that? That's a hard question to come up with a direct answer. Many times you'll find that the people with extremely poor oral hygiene, it also flows that they may have uh, some alcohol abuse or some drug abuse issues or other things like that. So I'm going to put those people aside and just kind of talk about the, the mainstream people, if you will. And many times we find that uh, poor oral health and poor oral hygiene contributes to the severity of some things like diabetes. We'll see that that, that patient tends to uh, have a uh, more of an issue controlling their diabetes if they don't have good oral health care, as well as, as you mentioned, the uh, cardiac issues associated as well. Because that bacteria in the mouth is cycling throughout the whole bloodstream. It's stopping off at all the organs on the way, and it will leave some residual effects. And the other thing I'm aware of too, I don't deal as much as this, but is uh, like the oral cancers and especially HPV cancers, there's been an increase. Do you, have you ever diagnosed oral cancers in people? Do you see those? The answer is yes. Probably in my career, I have probably diagnosed somewhere in the neighborhood of about uh, around 10 cases, I would say probably slightly under a dozen. So it's not a real common thing. We routinely do cancer oral cancer screenings on our patients. You know, the uh, my hygienist will do it. And then I come in when I do an exam and just kind of do the same thing again. And what's interesting is that two of the oral cancers I found, we didn't see then. I happened to see them when I had the patient in for a uh, procedure. You know, you're just kind of staring at that one area of the mouth while you're working on that tooth. And I'm saying, geez, you know, that area looks strange when it's wet. I dry it off. It's a little funny. I take a gauze, it doesn't come off. I think maybe we should have a look at that. So, you know, I think it's a combination of everything. But yes, we have actually diagnosed a few and uh, I got uh, pretty well uh, laid out in lavender by one patient who I sent her mother for a biopsy and it turned out that it was not a problem. And uh, the daughter really uh, gave me the word for scaring her mother and everything like that. So <laughs> I said, that, I'll, I'll take that punishment. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm, you know, I've also sent a number of my patients for uh, biopsies of things that I thought were suspicious and have turned out to be benign, but certainly important to follow up and uh, make sure to do our due diligence as medical providers. You just never know. And obviously, the exactly. earlier you catch any cancers, the better. So you can yep. you can treat them. Let's let's switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit about the Rhode Island Mission of Mercy. So what is the Rhode Island Mission of Mercy and when and where is it taking place? You're singing my song. The Rhode Island Mission of Mercy is, is basically, in a nutshell, a two-day free dental clinic. These Missions of Mercy take place across the country. They originally started out through this America's Dentist Care Network, where they had a couple of semi-tractor trailer trucks full of portable equipment, and they would come to a location, and you set up in some kind of a field house or an arena or something, and you know, see your dental patients you know, over the course of a couple of days. Rhode Island, being a little bit different than most states, geographically very tiny, uh, rather dense population, we don't really have enough dentists in the state to make something like that feasible for us. We can't get enough volunteers to staff all those chairs, and to bring that group in is quite expensive. So we do it on a smaller scale. Ours takes place at the 
Providence Community Health Centers, which are on Prairie Avenue in, in Providence in, in the back there. It's a beautiful facility. They have 22 chairs on two floors. So we utilize that freestanding clinic, if you will, which is uh, everything is already in place. And we see people over the course of Saturday and Sunday this year, it's September 30th and October 1st. And we see them for the basic needs of uh, cleaning the teeth, extracting any teeth that need to be extracted. And uh, we do our best to restore with the fillings, any teeth that we're able to restore. Thank you, Dr. Dodge, so much for that. Uh, that sounds amazing. And I, one thing that I've struggled with as a primary care physician myself is getting some of my patients just into oral health care to a dentist. Dr. Z, do you want to expand upon options in general here in the state of Rhode Island for people that don't have insurance or are underinsured? What guidance would you give people? Well, we're fortunate to have a great set of health centers that have dental clinics. Some of our federally qualified health centers have dental clinics. And uh, they they both accept Medicaid and they have sliding fee scales, fees that are determined by somebody's income. I will share that because of primarily workforce issues and some of those clinics being down dentists and dental hygienists, there are wait lists to get in there. I mean, I will tell you my first job here in Rhode Island, I was a dentist at Capitol Hill Health Center we had three chairs. We were only one of three health center dental clinics in the entire state. We now have eight health centers with between two or three dental clinics. But because of the demand, there's still a significant wait. So that's an option. The other thing is the Rhode Island Free Clinic now has a, a dental clinic. Uh, so, so those are both options. If somebody is just looking for a cleaning and exam just to start with, Community College of Rhode Island, CCRI up in Lincoln does free dental cleanings. And Dr. Dodge, you sort of touched on this, but Mission of Mercy, who who is that meant for really? Basically, it's designed for anyone. I mean, anyone is able to come. We don't require any proof of insurance. We don't, we don't really ask for any information of that nature. It's really designed for people who can't access dental care otherwise. Maybe they don't uh, have the monetary means. Maybe they aren't sure exactly where to go. Uh, maybe the schedule is not convenient. Maybe they need something done and they're not able to go during the week and they need to go on a Saturday or maybe even a Sunday. Maybe their work schedule doesn't allow them time to, to go under normal business hours. So we try to accommodate that as much as we can. Yeah, thank you for that. And Dr. Z, I want to go back to you for a second here. You sort of brought this up a little bit, but do we have a shortage of dentists in the state? What is the, the state of the workforce? So we have uh, below the national average. I can't say there's really an ideal number, but I hear frequently from people, whether they have Medicaid or commercial insurance, that it just seems longer to get an appointment to get in to see their dentist. But I will say... Rhode Island has 50 dentists per 100,000 people. So we have roughly maybe about 600 dentists in the state. So that ratio is used. That's lower than the national average, which is about 62 dentists per 100,000 people, and much lower than neighboring Massachusetts, which is at about 80. Again, probably can be attributed to a, a lot of reasons, but the result is it does take longer oftentimes to get in for an appointment. 
And I would say also, if the dentist is busy, it may be that they're less likely to participate in, in programs such as the Medicaid program or having the sliding fee scan. Dr. Z, what is the, the training for dentists? Talk to us a little bit about you know how long in school, do you go to college, is there after school training? Yeah, so four years of college. So I went to college here in Rhode Island and then we don't have a dental school in the state. So you would leave the state for four years of dental school. I went to North Carolina. I had to see something besides Rhode Island. But yeah, four years of dental school and then an optional additional year for doing what's called a general practice residency or there's something called an advanced education in general dentistry. It's a great transition from dental school where you're totally supervised to being out in the real world where you know you may not have somebody to ask questions to. So after that one year residency, you can go ahead and practice in either a health center or a private practice or for very frequently now group practices. Dr. Dodge, any thoughts that you wanna to add to the training education? Have you found this to be a fulfilling career? Any thoughts on people who may be interested in the field? Yes, I think anybody who's interested in the field of dentistry should do whatever they can to uh, evaluate what we do. They can come by the office. I'm sure most any dentist would love to have you come and chat with them. There are numerous dental specialties, oral surgery, periodontics, specializing in the gums, uh, root canals, endodontics, and also come to something like Mission of Mercy and have a chance to circulate through all of our various departments, if you will, where we are taking some teeth out, where we're doing restorative work on teeth, and just kind of a chance to uh, talk to a number of different dentists under one roof at the same time. And on that note, it's my understanding that Mission of Mercy actually takes volunteers. I think this year that they're all set for volunteering, but in the future, what should someone do if they're interested? Well, best you can do is go to our website, which is R-I-M-O-M, Rhode Island Mission of Mercy, uh, dot com, and you can scroll around through that website. It's it's pretty comprehensive, and our volunteer work is all done through that website. There's various areas you can click if you're a community volunteer. It would be people who aren't dental professionals necessarily, but want to come and help out. Uh, there's a section for dental professionals, and we do have some openings scattered around here and there, and maybe it's something that would fit your schedule. We like to have patients escorted from, from position to position. We don't like to have you know patients just wandering around. We serve food. We serve meals to them. We need to, always need help with things like that. General organization that a lot of people are very good at and might not think, oh, well, this is a dental clinic. They don't need my help, but but we certainly do. There's, there's a lot of different areas. We even have people that assist with the parking and uh, hmm. taking care of getting cars put in the proper place so the patients can go in and get treated. So we'd love to have anyone that feels that they'd like to join us to come down. Thank you very much for that. Our time is winding up here. I do want to give each of you just a second here for any final thoughts on oral health or frankly, anything else on your mind. Dr. Z, why don't you go first and Dr. Dodge can go second. Yeah, I'd just like to say, reiterate again, I think it's a fantastic profession. It's a way to help people. So whether it's considering becoming a dentist, a dental hygienist, a dental assistant, it all is a way to help people with their quality of life. And especially for young people who want to help, you know, kind of repair the world, who people who look at some of the inequities that we have, if you're looking at a way to really help somebody improve their life, if they unfortunately have not had access for a while, 
you could be part of that solution. And we definitely do need a workforce that reflects the diversity of Rhode Island. I know this is just audio and you can't tell, but both Dr. Dodge and I are, are kind of old white guys. And we certainly could use more women. We could use more people of color. There's definitely openings just to have a, a dental provider population that looks a, a little bit more like the state of Rhode Island. Dr. Dodge, anything to add? I think that that one thing that that strikes me as uh, important is the idea that everyone has the opportunity to make the world a little bit of a better place. And dentistry is a great opportunity to do that. And as I always like to say, if you see someone without a smile, please pass on one of yours. Thank you, Dr. Dodge, for that. You know, that's one thing that I often say, too, as a physician is, you know, I love my job because I do feel like I make the world a little bit of a better place from time to time. And I think that that is a good and noble goal to have. So encouraging all of us, uh, regardless of our profession, to try and make the world just a little bit of a better place. So for those of you that are interested in learning more about Mission of Mercy Clinic, you can uh, find more information at rimom.org. In closing, I do want to thank Erica Collins, our executive producer, and Carol Stone, our technical director. And of course, a big thank you to our guests today, Dr. Jeff Dodge and Dr. Sam Zwetschkenbaum, for taking the time to speak with me and share this important information on oral health. I'm Dr. Philip Chan, signing off from the Rhode Island Department of Health. Thank you all and be well.